We often look to mythology to reinforce our humanity, whether through a connection to the heavens or a role here on Earth. But there is another type of myth that emphasizes loss of humanity and becoming a monster. In modern horror films, we fear the loss of individuality among the living dead or the body snatchers. In gothic horror, we face the monsters which lurk beneath civilized appearances, like those of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or Dorian Gray. And unholy abominations date back to medieval stories of witches and vampires. But we have recognized the fragile link between ourselves and our humanity for far longer, dating to the earliest days of civilization, according to Greek mythology. A curse from Zeus transformed one of the first Greek kings from man to beast. The punishment of Lycaon, often depicted as the first werewolf, was not unearned. Through his cautionary tale, we can better understand ancient morals and learn to keep our own beastly nature at bay. My name is Sean. Welcome to Mythos and Logos. Lycaon was not always known as a monster. In fact, the 2nd century Greek geographer Pausinius describes him as a culture hero, founding the city of Lycosura, which, though modern archaeology disagrees, is traditionally considered to be the world's oldest, with all other cities being founded after its example. A little farther up is the circuit of the wall of Lycosura in which there are a few inhabitants. Of all the cities that Earth has ever shown, whether on mainland or on islands, Lycosra is the oldest, and was the first that the sun beheld. From it, the rest of mankind have learned how to make their cities. But when Lycaon becomes the focus of Zeus's attention, it is not because of his skill in urban planning. The king of the gods has long watched over the earth from atop Mount Olympus, witnessing humanity from its golden age, living in harmony with the land, through the gradual decline of the silver and bronze ages into the brutish age of iron. By the iron age, humans sail the seas and spread across the earth. No longer content to simply live off the land, now digging deep within it, in search of the iron to fuel their wars, and the gold to feed their desire. And we will take a closer look at these ages of man in a future episode, but the gods, on the other hand, do not wait. The gods notice humanity's rise and follow Heaven's Road, which we call the Milky Way, for an audience before Zeus, their king. The gods look over the earth and witness humanity's cruelty, and Zeus fears for the safety of his nymphs, sprites, and demigods living on the earth. 
nature spirits, which, though far from the heights of heaven, certainly have their own place in creation. How can his children be safe when humanity does not obey their father's will? In all that the gods see and hear, the name of one human king, Lycaon, is repeatedly mentioned among the most treacherous. And so the king of the gods himself descends to the earth in human form to witness humanity firsthand, appearing before the king Lycaon at his city. Zeus's signs make it clear to all in the city of Lycosra that a god has come before them. As the people kneel reverently before him, all, that is, save the king Lycaon, Lycaon had, after all, created a sanctuary to Zeus when he founded his city, so who could be a better judge of this stranger's claim to divinity? The king is eager to prove that this visitor is indeed no god. So while Zeus sleeps that night, Lycaon devises a test of the god's omniscience. Lycaon goes to the sanctuary to prepare a sacrifice for Zeus, usually a cow, goat, pig, or other domestic animal, which would be killed, cooked, and feasted upon. But on this night, Lycaon adds a secret ingredient to the usual sacrifice. Human flesh. According to most sources, the sacrificial victim is a child, perhaps Lycaon's own son Nictimus, or grandson Arcas. In other texts, the child is an unnamed resident of Lycaon's city. In Ovid's account, he's a hostage captured from northern Greek lands. Whatever the boy's identity may be, Lycaon commits a grave sin in killing him especially because the victim is unquestionably someone who the king has a duty to protect. This is, of course, obvious if the victim belongs to Lycaon's family or city, and surprisingly applies just as much, if not more so, in Ovid's case of the hostage. The concept of ancient Greek hospitality known as Xenia detailed a sacred duty to care for foreigners. So important that even the king of the gods himself was called Zeus Xenios, Zeus the protector of strangers. In killing one guest and deceiving another, Lycaon brazenly defies the god that he claims he would recognize. But Lycaon pays no mind to either taboo or sacred obligation. He scoffs at his people's worship of Zeus in the form of this stranger, and boils the child along with the ritual sacrifice. When the deed is done, Lycaon wakes Zeus and presents the god with his test. Despite Lycaon's arrogant hubris, it becomes instantly clear that Zeus is indeed the god he claims. Zeus instantly recognizes the sinful sacrifice placed before him, 
and with a bolt of lightning sets Lycaon's house aflame. As the treacherous king flees for his life, one other sign of the god's power shows itself. He fled in fear and reached the silent fields, and howled his heart out, trying in vain to speak. With rabid mouth he turned his lust for slaughter against the flocks, delighting still in blood. His clothes changed to coarse hair, his arms to legs. He was a wolf, but kept some human trace. The same gray hair, the same fierce face, the same wild eyes, the same image of savagery. Zeus's power transforms Lycaon's physical state to match his internal one, that of a bloodthirsty and savage beast. As he preyed upon the innocent child to satisfy his hubris, Lycaon now must prey upon the flocks of sheep to satisfy his hunger. Once a mighty king, Lycaon claimed to know the gods, yet placed himself above them. And as a result, the now lowly beast stalks the fields, few traces left of his humanity. With Lycaon's home in ruins, Zeus ascends to Olympus. He relays the story to the gods, and shares with them his plan to flood the earth and create mankind anew. Another story for another time. Lycaon's story has had such lasting influence because of the pattern which it presents. Countless stories through today explore the fine line between humanity and savagery. Though our beastly nature differs from that of Lycaon in that we are able to keep it contained. Except, of course, once in a full moon. But the truth is, we do not need werewolf stories to see those who, like Lycaon, are convinced enough of their own greatness to sacrifice those that they should protect, or those who claim to know a god, yet are driven to unholy savagery as they try to prove it. There is hope in the recreation that follows, but even in this new world, we must remember the actions that we are capable of, lest we repeat them. We uncover our past through the stories that we remember and retell. Horror stories allow us to explore the most monstrous aspects of humanity from a position of safety. But we must never forget that the dangers these stories explore are very real. As archaeologists studying Mount Lycaon discovered, the skeletons are not just in our closets, but often beneath our very feet. Stay tuned through a thank you and a brief message to learn more. I would first of all like to thank you for joining in this. I really do appreciate it. I love studying these stories. Ovid is always one of my favorite authors, and it was fascinating to look into some of the uh, other resources going back through ancient history 
about Lycaon, Lycosora, and the sites there, as well as the stories attributed to these locations. I'd also like to thank you, because by watching this, when it comes out, you are helping to make a great change. Uh, all of the revenue from this month, uh, starting from the release of this video, going through the same date in November, uh, will be donated to the Safe Project US, a charity which specializes in treating addiction as a disease, taking a person-centered approach. If you struggle with addiction, there is no shame in that, and you are not a beast. It's time our society doesn't treat you like one. The SAFE Project believes that addiction is best solved by communities and neighbors. There is a serious treatment gap for those with co-occurring substance abuse and mental health challenges, and individuals in recovery deserve a person-centered approach. The SAFE Project believes that treatment and recovery support services should be made widely available throughout the criminal justice system in the U.S. While training law enforcement, that addiction is not a problem that we can arrest our way out of. Every penny from the release of this video for the next month on this channel will be donated, and I thank you very much for your help of those in need. I would also like to thank the team currently working on excavating Mount Lycosura, uh, led by Dr. David Gilman Romano, Dr. Mary Voyatsis, Dr. Anna Vasiliki Karapana Giotto, Dr. Michalis Petropoulos, and Dr. Anastasia Pangiotopoulou. They have been exploring some of the mysterious ancient rituals at Lycaon City. Among the ashes and sacrificial remains, they found a skeleton, and after studying it, found that it was an adolescent boy. It's not clear whether human sacrifice or something else had been the cause, but it is definitely at a sacrificial site. Which raises some very interesting questions around this myth. Just how much historical fact may be there in addition to the timeless patterns it presents. And if you ever are from or find yourself wandering the Peloponnese, and hear a strange, almost human howl coming from among the forests and fields. Well, I'll leave that up to you.